Hey guys, it's Bobby Sylvester. Before we get going here, I wanted to tell you about some new features we have on the Start Sit Assistant. I've been telling you guys about this at fantasypros.com slash myplaybook. We've got something called the Start Sit Assistant, which is basically like having a team of experts in your back pocket to help you build your best lineup every single week. So now users have the ability to edit their lineups from within my playbook. Before you were just presented with the optimal lineup, but you couldn't move players around like you can on the league host sites. We also now offer multi-league mode where you can view all your lineup recommendations or just make the changes yourself for all your synced leagues all on one screen. Then you can submit those lineups to their respective league hosts with just a couple clicks. And then here's my very favorite because I'm always at church on Sundays. You can take advantage of the autopilot feature. Autopilot makes it easy to manage your fantasy team's lineup. You can either get suggested lineup changes via email or you can let it auto-swap inactive players for you, or turn on full autopilot mode, like say you're on vacation, and have your optimal lineup set automatically every week. If you want to check this out, it's only for premium MVP and Hall of Fame users on our site, and you can upgrade to that for just 10 bucks at fantasypros.com offers. And again, check out the Start Sit Assistant and all the new features at fantasypros.com myplaybook. Let's talk some football. Hey everyone, welcome into the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Tagliere, and we've got our Week 8 Starter Sit Show today, and we're going to be talking with Lauren Carpenter, who's now with the Fantasy Footballers. She's on Twitter, at StepmomLauren. I'm at Bobby Fantasy Pro, and Mike is at Mike Tagliere NFL. Before we get going, please join me in thanking our new sponsor of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast, Grammarly. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. Start writing confidently by going to Grammarly.com slash Fantasy Pros to get 20% off a Grammarly premium account today. Lauren, thanks for coming to the show. We've been looking forward to it. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much for having me. I am geeking out right now. I really was. I, I'm not even going to lie. So my husband uses Fantasy <laughs> Pros for everything. So when you guys invited me on the show, I was like, oh, my God, babe, guess what? You just thought I just won the lottery. He's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I'm like, okay, well, I am a writer, too. Jeez. <laughs> I know. And actually, it's kind of funny because I, if it weren't for you guys in this podcast with Fantasy Pros, I would not be writing fantasy football. Oh, that's awesome. I swear to God. So years ago, you guys had Andy and Jason on from the Fantasy Footballers, and I listened to the Fantasy Pros religiously, and I heard them as a guest, and I was like, these guys are cool. This would got to be five or six years ago, and I started following them, ended up becoming a writer for them. So if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So I am super excited to be here and to you know share in this podcast experience, adventure, journey. I sound so very deep and uh, philosophical <laughs> right now, but I, I promise I'm not. I'm usually quite, you know sarcastic and awful i'm kidding i'm really not awful i hope <laughs> those guys are really cool tags how you doing man i'm doing good man i uh you know in days like today like where there's like so many things going on in the news and so many people trolling the mentions i just turned on some 80s like uh, it's like it's considered oldies to me I, I don't know if people consider oldies anymore or even older than they probably should but like i just listened to like endless summer nights by richard marks and that it like just puts me in a better mood i don't know what it is about oldies but uh i just I'm happy today. Is that the one from uh is that the one from Greece? Uh that one is not from Greece. There is a Summer Nights version of Greece, the one that I, I sang in a karaoke competition. See, I actually know some culture stuff. Can you believe that? I'm a music fan, man. I love music and I love all types of music. Like, so I'm just like I can listen to anything. Yeah, except you make fun of me for liking George Strait. 
Well, that, hey, that's good, too. Who makes fun of country in this room? Tags, he's a big jerk, I guess. I'm, uh, I'm going to bow out of this conversation. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the twangy type. Like, if you want to listen to pop country, whatever. But uh, I'm, I, I don't know. I mean, I might move to Tennessee, so I need to, like, come around on this, apparently. Oh, man, you better start training now, bro. Just yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah, you will really appreciate this real quick. I'm going to go see Guns N' Roses on Friday. Ha, take that. Nice. All right, guys, here's the plan for today. We're going to be talking uh, running backs first, then wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, DST. And we're just going to be talking about the guys we're getting a lot of questions about. Usually the running backs ranked in between 15 and 30 range. Uh, Wide receivers ranked between the 25 and 40 range. So as we do most weeks, we're just going to start at the running back position. And, uh, you know, I'm looking through this. Latavius Murray, he was great last week against Chicago, banged up because of Akeem Hicks. This week they go up against Arizona, and Arizona actually has a pretty good run defense. Lauren, do you have Latavius Murray in your top 20, 25 running backs this week? I don't. Uh, and I, I'm feeling conflicted about this on a totally non-related fantasy issue because I'm going to go see the Saints as well in New Orleans. I did not go to see Latavius Murray. I went to go see Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara. But, you know, that's besides the point. Um, but, you know, there's two teams on by. Um, we're talking about your RB2 position, possibly a flex. If people have to play him, I, I don't hate it. Eh? it. It's kind of like one of those middle-of-the-road things for me. But maybe Alvin Kamara's back. Just If Kamara, if Kamara is back, I think it's easy Latavius Murray's a sip of tags. He had 32 touches against Chicago. And I'm looking at him right now. We're, I'm at fantasypros.com slash ranking, so you guys can follow along. We've got ECR, which is the expert consensus rankings. We mash 100-plus analysts around the industry together. And they've got Latavius Murray in their top 15. I don't have him in my top 20. Am I missing something, Tags? I have him as a top 10 play. (laughs) I I mean, obviously all this hinges on the fact that Alvin Kamara would be out, but he had 33 opportunities last week against the Bears. Uh, You know, the Cardinals have... They're, they're not as good as an offensive team as people think they are. Like, they've been struggling a bit. Uh, Kyler Murray is using his legs a little bit more. But uh, the game pace is what they always try and, you know, talk about when you talk about the Cardinals. And fortunately, you know, it leads to a lot of plays for the opponents. With Patrick Peterson back in the mix for them, it's not going to make their secondary nearly as appetizing as it once was. And anytime you get a running back who is locked into, you know, 18, 20-plus touches, because the Saints, they did cut one of their uh, running backs. Uh, Zach Zenner was on the roster. They cut him. So there's a chance that this is all mute and that... I think that tells us Kamara's coming back, right? It could, but I mean, they have their bye next week, which sounds crazy. But I mean, when teams have tried to run the ball against the Cardinals, they've averaged 4.36 yards per carry. There's been 22.7 carries per game against them. This game, they're projected to score over 28 points. There's really just not much to dislike. Like Latavius Murray last week, I think it was five targets he saw in the game. He's involved in the passing game. Jared Cook might not play again. He's dealing with an injured ankle. And if that's the case, it's like we know how targets correlate between the running back and tight end position. So Latavius Murray, again, locked into like 18 carries and five targets. Like there, that is extremely rare to find in fantasy football. And I don't really care who it's against. I'm going to play him. I suppose I'd move him into my top 20 if we find out the Camaro's out. Right now I'm expecting... You know, 40% chance Kamara plays, and as a result, I've got him at number 22 right now. Um, But I'm looking here at the rankings for Latavius Murray, and this is a cool feature that you can do on our site, is you can just open it up for a player, click on the rankings tab, and it's going to show you every single analyst rankings on the player. And so here I am, I'm looking for the most accurate expert so far this season, and tags of the top five guys that have ranked him, they've got him RB16 and RB28. Justin Boone has him at right now. I'm guessing he might have Kamara in the rankings then too, so it just depends. But by, by the way, real quick, I'm just going to mention, the Cardinals have faced just two running backs this year that have totaled 20-plus carries. 
both of those guys finished with 18 and a half or more PPR points. Nice. It's a good number, man. That's some good stuff. Okay, so uh, Chase Edmonds, if David Johnson is out, and it seems like he's going to be since they're working out Jay Ajayi and Spencer Ware, would you start Chase Edmonds this week against the Saints tags? The Saints are really difficult. Like people like overlook this all the time. And I know Chase Edmonds is like a hot commodity right now with how he just like walked through the Giants defense. But the Saints are different. Uh, Once they got Sheldon Rankins back, uh, David Onyemata came back in week two. Since that time, like since week one, when they were missing both those guys, they've allowed just 3.3 yards per carry. Teams just don't run the ball in the Saints. You'd have to go back to 2017 to find the last time a running back totaled 100 yards on the ground against them. But if Edmonds, again, this is one of those scenarios where it's like it's a rare case to find a running back who would be locked into 15, 18 touches in a game. And that's what he would be getting. So I would put him in the RB2 conversation. I don't think he's like in a smash spot where it's like, oh, man, David Johnson's out. Edmonds is going to be an RB1 this week. I wouldn't feel that way, but I would say that he would be a strong RB2, though. So it sounds like you're pretty close to ECR. He's at 19 in ECR, and there's a big standard deviation here. So some people have him ranked really high. Someone even has him in their top 10. Some people have him outside of their top 30. Lauren, where do you have him this week? Um, You know what? I'm kind of in the same boat as Tags here. So the New Orleans Saints are ranked fourth best against the running backs, and they've only allowed three touchdowns. I mean, not even 500 yards on the ground. So that's a really that that's a tough one for me. But again, it's one of those situations where if you're stuck because of injury, uh, maybe you've got a big name on by this week, even though there's only two teams, like I said. I mean, it would be tough to sit him. But if you have other opportunities, I am scared of this one for them just because of New Orleans defense. Yeah, I look, I've read an article every single week called My Takeaways from Week 7 Game Film is what I did last week, obviously, because it was Week 7. And I was talking about Chase Edmonds. I was really surprised when I watched the tape how he was not very good. Like, yeah, okay, he had 150 yards, three touchdowns. And then you look through history, all the guys who have done that, and there's a big list of who the heck is that guy? I mean, he was absolutely nobody. Sometimes these things pop up, especially against horrible defenses like the Giants. I mean, the Giants were taking bad angles to the ball, weak arm tackles. Uh, Chase Edmonds doesn't really have any burst. He's not really all that elusive. I think he's going to get destroyed by the Saints. Okay, yeah, maybe he gets 17, 18 carries. That's enough to put him in flex consideration for me, but I'm seeing him in the top 20. I can't do that one either. I guess I'm just being a bummer today on Latavius Murray and Edmonds. I'm with you, though. Like, barf. Done. Real quick, though, guys, if let's pretend that David Johnson's active again. The reason I'm telling people to trade Chase Edmonds right now is because obviously his value is an all time high. It's it's possible that David Johnson goes to IR. That's like definitely a possibility. It sounds like it's possible that he gets, I guess, traded. But there's a big salary attached to that. But let's pretend that David Johnson's active. Can you really start Chase Edmonds like anywhere with any confidence at all? I mean, David Johnson would be like someone that it would be risky to even start because you know it's going to be somewhat of a timeshare. But I just want to prepare our listeners to let's pretend David Johnson comes back to practice tomorrow and they're like, yeah, he seems like he's going to be on track to play. Where do you rank both of these guys? I'd put David Johnson in my top 15. I'd put Chase Edmonds outside my top 35. I mean, I'd probably rather start Tariq Cohen, Mark Walton, Ronald Jones, even against Tennessee. Uh, Benny Snell, even if even if James Conner's back, I, I, I wouldn't start Chase Edmonds is what it comes down to. What do you think, Lauren? I mean, I totally agree. Uh, this matchup is absolutely terrible. Um, of course, there's going to be like we can play a devil's advocate here. So David Johnson was a full go. He did one play and was like, oh, I tweaked my back. Eek. And then he walked out and suddenly it was the Chase Edmonds show. There's so many people that ask me what they should do between Chase Edmonds and David Johnson. I watched that game. I was like, really? I hate being a fantasy football analyst. This game is stupid. <laughs> But, you know, you, you really never know. But in this matchup, it's not the same as they face, you know, the Giants. This is the New Orleans Saints. So I, if David Johnson's a full go, it would be impossible not to start him. But 
I, I would stay away from Chase Edmonds. Meh. Man. Yeah, I wouldn't be all that excited about David Johnson. I wouldn't be excited about really anyone except for the top five running backs against the Saints. All right, guys, we've got some more running backs to talk about. But first, I want to tell you about a giveaway we have going on thanks to Pristine Auction. We're giving away a signed Julian Edelman Patriots helmet at fantasypros.com slash contest. And it's really easy to enter. All you have to do, you can go there for details, fantasypros.com slash contest. But what you're going to need to do is leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher and send a screenshot of the review to contest at fantasypros.com. Again, check out the details at fantasypros.com slash contest. And again, that comes to us thanks to Pristine Auction. And when you go to Pristine Auction, sign up immediately. It's free to sign up. Use the registration code fantasypros, all one word. It's going to get you $5 off. And it tells Pristine Auction, hey, Fantasy Pros is sending people your way. That way they'll keep doing these giveaways like the Julian Edelman one we have going on right now. And you're going to love Pristine Auction. There's tons of values to find because they've got hundreds, sometimes even thousands or 10,000 items that they're auctioning off every single day. So there's great values. There's all kinds of items to choose from. You're going to be able to find something to add to your cave and everything's guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. Check out pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. Now let's play the game where I give you guys three running backs. You tell me which one you would most feel confident starting at number 20 in ECR. We've got Melvin Gordon, who's really been struggling. He gets the Bears this week, but the Bears got lit up last week. I'm going to throw Austin Eckler into this one as well. Obviously, he's with the Chargers as well. And then we've got the backup running back for the Denver Broncos, but they're using him quite a bit. Not a great matchup at Indianapolis, but Royce Freeman, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, tag your first. Melvin Gordon, easy. Me too. I'm playing it like the Bears. It's not just last week, by the way. It's going back to the London game against the Raiders. The Raiders don't even have an offensive line, but Josh Jacobs was able to run all over him. Like uh, in that game against the Raiders, like between the Raiders and the Saints, they've allowed 277 rushing yards and five touchdowns on 63 carries without Akeem Hicks. And to give you how drastic of a change that is, the Bears had allowed five rushing touchdowns in their previous 20 games. And they've allowed it in the last two. So it's like, this is not a matchup to run from anymore. Uh, it does seem like they're going to be getting their starting left tackle, Russell Kung, back this week uh, on the offensive line. Now, they did lose Forrest Lamp, but he wasn't he wasn't playing great to begin with. Uh, so I'm not sure if this is like a massive downgrade. I'm going to play Melvin Gordon. I do think that he gets into the end zone this week. Uh, he's, he's getting most of the carry work. It's like when they fall behind, that's when you're going to see Austin Eckler rack up the, the targets. But... I mean, you're not worried that Eckler is going to steal the job because a lot of people are thinking, well, Gordon fumbled and cost him the game. Now it's Eckler's job. I don't think so. Eckler had three fumbles this year, too, like uh, near the goal line, too. So but I I can't see a way that the Chargers are losing the game to the Bears. Uh, I mean, the Bears are just so bad right now. It's just not a very good team. Like they're not going to blow them out. So they're not going to have to abandon the run. And that's why I like Melvin Gordon this week. Lauren, isn't it interesting? Isn't it telling that like this is why we shouldn't trust preseason schedules because the Bears are a mediocre at best run defense. The Jaguars are a mediocre at best secondary. And here we are in week eight thinking, I think this is a pretty good matchup for Melvin Gordon. I know it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. You know, when I was looking at this too, I'm like, okay, well, there's no way I'm going to start anyone, you know, any running backs from the Chargers. And I was like, wait a minute, you go back and you look at exactly what Tags was talking about, just getting absolutely lit up. But one of the reasons I like Melvin Gordon over Austin Eckler, despite how elusive he can be, how explosive he can be, is they have yet to allow a receiving touchdown to running backs. It's all been rushing on the ground. And that's where Melvin Gordon excels. I expect him to finally have that breakout game we've been waiting for since he came back. So I I really like Melvin Gordon in this, which like pains me and I don't know why. Like I really want Austin Eckler to just like blow the roof off of everyone. And then they're kind of like, sorry, Melvin Gordon, 
you shouldn't have even come back. I don't know. I just like that spicy, like Desperate Housewives Chargers version. <laughs> Maybe they even trade Melvin Gordon. I mean, by the time we're, we're done publishing this podcast, it's it's likely that somebody is some big name is going to be traded. So obviously he can discount everything we said. We're recording this Wednesday uh, right around lunchtime. So. And I don't appreciate this NFL because I'm trying to pack for New Orleans and this takes a lot of effort. So stop having a meltdown <laughs> and trading all these players and distracting me while I'm trying to plan my outfits. All right, guys, next three, we've got Ty Johnson. He's obviously the starter now for Detroit with Kerryon Johnson out. He goes up at home against the Giants. We've got James White, who hasn't really been doing a ton. He's been getting a lot of opportunities. He's at home against the Browns. And then let's throw in Carlos Hyde at home against the Oakland Raiders. Lauren, you're first on this one. Carlos Hyde, James White, Ty Johnson. Oh, my God. Can I have two? Yeah, you can have two. Yeah, yeah. I have two. I have Ty Johnson, but not like rest of season type of thing. If Carrion Johnson can't come back, I like him in this matchup against the uh, Giants. I mean, look at what Chase Edmonds did. I do like Ty Johnson, um, but in PPR, it's James White, hands down. That man is getting so involved. Just last year, he got 123 targets and 87 receptions, scored, I think, more receiving touchdowns than he did rushing touchdowns. He's just always involved. I love James White for PPR. Um, If you don't have that option of being able to pick up James White or having James White, trading for James White, uh, Ty Johnson's going to be your guy. Um, Waver darling for this week for sure. Tags, what do you think? I mean, is James White ever going to get in the end zone? He's getting so many receptions. Oh, yeah, it's happening. And, like, if you if you watched that game uh, on Monday night, you would have saw that James White did score a touchdown. It was called back to a crappy penalty. Like, the penalty that was called on Julian Edelman for a block in the back was crap. Um, but it should have been a touchdown for him there. And then there was a play along the sideline where he caught a pass. And legit, he it was like a shoelace, where if that shoelace doesn't get caught, James White has two touchdowns. Oh, I know. I saw that. Oh. Yeah, so James White, you want to be there when he has that explosion because because he's getting plenty of opportunity in an offense that Tom Brady's averaging 39 pass attempts per game despite them blowing out opponents. This is not going to stop. Like This is why they went out and got Mohamed Sanu. I don't know how much of an impact Sanu can make after being with the team just for a couple of days. I don't know if Edelman's banged up. I don't know if Josh Gordon's coming back. But there's one consistent that we do know about, and it's James White averaging nine targets per game over the last four games. He's absolutely a must-play every single week. And if you can trade for him right now, I'm all about that life. Like If you could trade Austin Eckler for James White, I would do that. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, I would. I would actually change. I, I mean, I I would too. But the people listening to this who have Austin Eckler, like you're, you've got to be joking me, right? Yeah, and that's exactly why you can make that trade. Yeah, I, I like James White a lot. And when that regression kicks into the mean, like you're going to see James White skyrocket, and people are going to be like, "Oh, he's an RB two. And I'm like, "Well, I've been here all along." Or maybe an RB one. He he was an RB one last year, and he's playing about the same. He just hasn't got the end zone. I mean, he's got more receptions than anybody in the NFL over the last four weeks. Besides Michael Thomas. Yeah, I mean, after Sonny Michelle like struggled and was terrible, like all of a sudden he has a three touchdown game and then he's like the number five running back in terms of rushing touchdowns. So it's like th- these things happen with the Patriots. But Ty Johnson's a start as well. I mean, obviously, you know, they're they're a team that's a big home favorite. And um, the Giants have been turning the ball over left and right. I, I, I do expect the Lions to be a, a little bit more pass happy with Carrion Johnson out of the lineup. But Ty Johnson, he's like in the low end RB2 conversation. Yeah, watch J.D. McKissick become a thing now. Just because we're talking about Ty Johnson. Yeah, he could be like a Chris Thompson. He's a talented player, but yeah, he had 33% of the touches, uh, about the same amount of snaps. Ty Johnson, man, he ran a 4 2 6 at his pro day, and he's 225 pounds. I'm really excited to see what he can do against the Giants defense. I've got him ranked in my top 20 this week. Of all the guys we've mentioned, Latavius Murray, Chase Edmonds, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Royce Freeman, Carlos Hyde, James White, Ty Johnson, I've got White and Johnson 1 and 2 out of that group. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. 
And, uh, and it's odd because they're the lowest in ECR. Um, let's get a couple guys who are just outside of RB2 range in ECR. I don't feel bad about any of these guys. Um, I, I'm sure fantasy owners do, though. Matt Breida, the number two, obviously, in San Francisco. At home against Carolina, pretty good defense. Joe Mixon at the Los Angeles Rams. And then David Montgomery at home against the Chargers. Tag your first on this one. Breida, Mixon, or Montgomery? I'm going to go with Montgomery. I can't play Mixon right now. Like the fact that the Bengals are continually falling behind in games, they're like double digit uh, underdogs in London. And the fact that Joe Mixon's not running pass routes, but I, I want no part of him right now. Over under four yards for Joe Mixon this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go over on that one, but uh, it, it's not pretty. Like he's just like a, he's like a, he's a very, very weak RB three this week and not one that I want to start. I mean, granted he's going to get the goal line carries, but whatever. Yeah. And it's not like his it's not like his schedule's about to get any easier either. Yeah. I would go at Montgomery. Uh just Matt Nagy talking about the fact that he's not an idiot and says that he knows they need to run the ball. The Chargers have been vulnerable to running backs this this year, and it's not like their defense and the secondary can handle one on one man coverage. I, I, I like Montgomery this week. Uh I do believe that the Bears are going to stick to the run no matter what. I don't think either team runs away with that game. I think it's gonna be a closely fought game in Chicago. The Bears are four point favorites. Uh, for whatever reason, but it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I'd go at Montgomery. I have him at, as RB23 this week, uh, like like a low-end RB2, high-end RB3 that should find the end zone. I'll tell you what, Montgomery's not even playing 50% of the snaps. That really concerns me. Now, it's a better matchup this week than he's had in the past month, to be honest. All of these are kind of cringeworthy if you ask the owners, Brita, Joe Mixon, David Montgomery. Lauren, do you have one that you prefer more than the others? Man, that's so hard. I'm staying so far away from Mixon, not only because he's a garbage player, but he's a garbage human being. Sorry, that's just my personal opinion, my thing. Karma, she's real. No, it's everybody's opinion, Lauren. (laughs) This is what happens when you're a terrible person. Karma comes back to bite you in the butt. Sorry, that's why I said stay away from him. But with Matt Breida and David Montgomery, for me, that's almost like splitting hairs with a hatchet. It's very hard to figure out which one that you want to play I have a really, really, really good way of figuring out how to do this. Everyone, you will be so in shock and awe. Get a coin and flip it. That will give you your answer. Um, Because honestly, at any moment, um, you know, it could be a Matt Breida game where he scores three touchdowns. Um, Finally, maybe Matt Nagy will be like, oh my gosh, David Montgomery actually is good. Who knew? And then he'll, you know, get more usage and he has play more snaps, which is what you were talking about, Bobby. That's very distressing when you're a David Montgomery owner. Trust me, my husband is. He laments about it daily. So I don't know. For me, I want to lean a little bit Brita here just because I've seen him be more explosive and I'm more familiar with that than I am David Montgomery. But again, hair, the split the hair of the hatchet. It's 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 tough, but maybe Brita for me just just by a little smidgy widge. Sure. Bre- Brita is absolutely safer. I'm looking back at week four, like you're talking about when Matt Nagy decided, hey, I'm going to give David Montgomery 26 opportunities. If that comes back against the Chargers, heck yeah, he's in my top 15. Um, but I'm not expecting it. So I've uh, I've got him just a little bit behind Brita. Not excited about any of those three. Let's go with uh, one more group of three running backs. And then I'll ask you guys for anyone super deep that you're, you know, you'd be comfortable playing or at least if, if you're desperate, you could pick up. Um, so the next three, LaShawn McCoy at home against Green Bay. I love that matchup. Jordan Howard trying to hold off Miles Sanders. He goes into Buffalo this week. And then um, let's throw in Frank Gore face Philadelphia as well. Tags, why don't you go first? McCoy, Jordan Howard, Frank Gore. McCoy, I have an RB20. Me too. 
Me too, exactly. It's like a 65-35 split between him and Damian Williams, and Williams has been terrible, so there's no reason they should kind of move away from McCoy. McCoy's actually looked really good. And, and don't they have to run the ball this week? They have to play keep away. Uh, they don't want to go toe-to-toe with Matt Moore and versus Aaron Rodgers, and that game is <laughs> that game is in Kansas City. They, they're hopefully getting some of their offensive line back in this game. Green Bay, like, they were terrible against the run to start the year, and then, like, things have started to shift, and they've allowed, allowed a lot more passing over the last few weeks, and I, I wonder if, like, they, they kind of even out at some point. Uh, but LaShawn McCoy... Think about it. Like, go back to Andy Reid before Patrick Mahomes, and it was always known as a running back system. Like, they ran, they go through the running backs, and I think they go back to that this week, and they try and uh, get McCoy going. So I have him ranked as the RB20. I would start him over someone like Sony Michelle. I think that's a really good call. Lauren, do you agree, or are you going to fight us here? Oh, no, I'm 100% on board. I love LaShawn McCoy. Absolutely. It's hard for me to sit the ageless wonder, the immortal one that is Frank Gore, who never dies, and our grandchildren <laughs> are going to be drafting Frank Gore in their fantasy leagues. But for this one, I'm going to go LaShawn McCoy. He just jumps out at you on the page and it's like, I'm so great. I, I just absolutely adore him. So yes, LaShawn McCoy. Agreed. He's really good against Green Bay. And Frank Gore didn't really do anything against Miami last week. That was his chance to eat. Devin Singletary was involved. It's not going to happen for Gore this week against Philadelphia. In fact, I've got him outside of my top 36. Now, Tags, is there anybody outside of the top um, you know, group that we've talked about? So let's go 32 and beyond that you could plug into your flex this week and you wouldn't feel too bad about it. Benny Snell, um, we've talked about him like on the waiver wire show is someone that should get some carries. The like uh, opponents are averaging 33, I think 33 touches per game. Uh, running backs anyways are averaging 33 touches per game against the Dolphins. And James Conner has not totaled more than uh, 16 carries in a game dating back to like week nine of last year. So uh, Benny Snell should see 10 plus touches in this game. I also think Darrell Henderson, if Malcolm Brown is out. We don't know the status of him just yet, uh, so it's difficult to say, but Darrell Henderson would offer like flex value if Malcolm Brown is out. You took my two I was going to use. Yeah, you took mine. <laughs> you, you stole my notes. <laughs> well, it's good to know that we're like on the same page here, right? Yeah, those are exactly my two. Uh, Betty Snell, but uh, that's the one I would go for, and then Darrell Henderson, just depending on the situation. So even if James Conner plays, would you put Benny Snell in your top 30 because of the matchup and expected game script, Lauren? Yeah, I, I would. Um, he got involved uh, right before their bye week. He got involved, even though James Conner, you know, got hurt there at the end of the game. Who knows? That could still happen again. But this is one of the things that I really loved about what the Steelers do. With Mason Rudolph back, I really like that. They're going to be spreading the field out, hopefully opening it up, giving the running backs a chance to to feast. And I like that they're using these you know, I don't want to say running back by committee because that's not really what they're doing here. But if you look back what they did last year with two tight ends, it's almost like they're moving the Jalen Samuels type person who used to play tight end. And Benny Snell can just pop right into that role as well and be involved in in creative ways. I like it. I'm going to go one more name, uh, Jamal Williams, because he goes up against the Kansas City Chiefs who have allowed 30 carries per game. Obviously, Aaron Jones is is great. He's going to get you know, 20 touches, but Jamal Williams should get a dozen and a dozen touches against Kansas City puts him in my top 30 running backs. So I wouldn't mind him whatsoever. Guys, let's move on over to the wide receiver position. And uh, I'll tell you what, Tags, we talked about this in the last show with with Chris Harris. After you get outside the top 25 every single week, it is a total crapshoot. So let's try to uh, give people a little bit of an edge if we can. Obviously, you're starting Robert Woods, Cortland Sutton, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, is Marvin Jones in that territory for you this week? He's going up against the Giants, Lauren. Well, he blew up last week. Ergo, Kenny Galladay will have a game this week. Do you like how really professional that was in fantasy football? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he can. I, I think he's not going to have another four-touchdown game, but he'll get involved. Uh, Matt Stafford, when he really zones in on a player, especially during a single game, 
he it's like it's it's a magnet can't get away from it so it's boom 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 so the fact that he scored two touchdowns it was almost guaranteed he was going to score more than that what I do worry about is as bad as the defense is going to be they definitely could scheme around Marvin Jones which leaves everyone else open on the field so I think he's startable depending on your situation but I don't think he's a guaranteed locked and loaded in my opinion only because my husband's a Lions fan and if you're a Lions fan you understand you never ever have that moment of oh I feel really good about my team no 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 (laughs) never happens. Tax he really just hasn't done much before this week and I don't know why everyone thought oh he's gonna eat Xavier Rhodes alive he was in the top 30 ECR last week and I whiffed on that one I was like what are you guys doing and then he dominated because before then two receptions for 17 three receptions six five four uh he really hasn't done anything is it gonna happen again this week against the Giants I mean the matchup is like pristine you can't ask for much I mean they've allowed 10 wide receivers to finish his top 40 PPR options against them including five who have been top 16 wide receivers and that does include uh going back to the Cowboys with both Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Gallup is the number two there and he finished with seven catches for 158 yards. So I don't, (laughs) I really don't want to discriminate against Marvin Jones this week. Uh, It just so happens. It's like usually when, when people are coming off this game, like big games like that, people tend to overinflate their value. And then the next week they rank him so high, but it just so happens that he has a fantastic matchup. Um, Again, and like and like I said, you know, with Carryon Johnson out, I do anticipate them going a little bit more pass heavy. So that should allow for Marvin Jones to see some more targets. And I mean, if Janoris Jenkins shadows anybody, it's going to be Kenny Galladay. So um, yeah, Marvin Jones, I have him ranked as a top twenty-five play. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Marvin Jones, ECR twenty-three. I don't know if I can play him ahead of Tyler Boyd at the at the Rams. Terry McLaurin, even though he's going into Minnesota. They got torched last week. Uh, DK Metcalf at, at Atlanta. I like all these plays. Golden Tate at Detroit. Marvin Jones is just too volatile for me to to rank in my top 24. Also, don't forget Golden Tate revenge game. Super excited. Yes, he does have a revenge game. I don't know if I buy into those narratives as much in football as I do in basketball, but... But they're fun to say. They're fun to say. <laughs> and, and then when it hits, you're like, see, I totally knew it. <laughs> is Sterling Shepard going to be back for this one, Tex? Uh, I don't know. It's it's a it's a thing with his concussion, and it could be like a Jordan Reed type thing, man, where it's recurring things that are going on with him. And I heard I heard this is going back before that that, that uh, Thursday night game against the Patriots. I heard that it was going to be a multi week thing that they were looking at a long absence from him. So I'm not anticipating him playing. I just want to go back to you mentioned Terry McLaurin in there. I don't know why he's so low in ECR. Like Terry McLaurin. So the Vikings, by the way, guys. Like here's a tidbit that I found while researching for the primer this week. The average uh, top 36 performance for wide receivers last year. So to get to wide receiver three territory, it required 11.7 PPR points. Okay, through seven weeks of the NFL season, the Vikings have allowed 11 of those performances, which is the most in the NFL. Like, like n- not the Dolphins, not the Bengals. No, no, no. I'm the worst than the Dolphins. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah. Can you and, believe that? And nobody else is going to do it in Washington. We know it's got to be Terry McLaurin. Dude, he has seen 50% of the team's air yards when he's in, like, that's stupid high. Like, there's nobody else in the NFL that's over 42%. So it's like, why are we fading Terry McLaurin playing in a dome? It's recency bias because he went one for 11 against the 49ers last week because everybody goes one for 11 against the 49ers, especially if it's an absolute downpour and they're playing in a swimming pool. So throw that game out. Terry McLaurin is a top 20 wide receiver every week. Mm-hmm. And if I told you that the Vikings defense was actually worse than the Redskins against wide receivers, would you believe me? They are. Wow. They really are. They're terrible. The Vikings are ranked 27th. They've allowed 11 touchdowns. 11 touchdowns to the wide receivers. And the Redskins have only allowed 
10. Okay, yeah, I know. It's only one less, but still, they're worse. So yeah, play play Terry McLaurin. I absolutely love it. I love that play. All right, we've got a lot more wide receivers to talk about, but first, thanks to Grammarly for sponsoring the podcast today. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. They encourage everyone, even the best students and top professionals, to use Grammarly to do their best work and accomplish even more of their goals. I've been using Grammarly since even before I was an analyst at Fantasy Pros, and I'll be honest with you, I never realized how much of a train wreck my grammar and spelling were until I started using Grammarly. Frankly, having Grammarly on my side may have been the difference between getting noticed for this job or still working my boring IT job. I had a serious issue with being concise, and Grammarly Premium helped me nip that in the bud. Look, I don't care how smart you are, Grammarly is going to make you improve yourself while looking and sounding smarter. You can show your best self across a number of platforms, including the online browser extension, the desktop editor, and mobile keyboard checker. It works with Chrome, Firefox, Safari, Edge, iOS, Android, Windows, Mac. The free version checks your spelling and grammar, but the premium version is incredible. Adding in advanced punctuation, style within context, it helps with vocabulary, conciseness, as I mentioned, readability, and even structure. Accomplish your goals with the help from Grammarly and stop making those email typos on your phone. Close more deals at work this year with your emails or polish your resume to get a great new job like I did. Go to Grammarly.com slash fantasy pros to get 20% off your Grammarly premium account today. That's Grammarly.com slash fantasy pros for 20% off your Grammarly premium account. All right, I've got three guys here. Alshon Jeffrey at Buffalo. He's likely going to be shadowed by Tredavious White. DK Metcalf, I already mentioned him. Great matchup against Atlanta because everybody has eaten Atlanta alive. And then we'll go on over to D.D. Westbrook at home against the Jets. Man, has he been getting peppered with targets. Uh, DK Metcalf. Give me DK Metcalf. I want all shares of the passing game against Atlanta. Um, I love that. And Russell Wilson is like, you know, above humanity when it comes to playing football. Um, And I know that it's going to be a huge Tyler Lockett game as well. But yeah, give me DK Metcalf. I absolutely love that. Atlanta gets torched by uh, by slot receivers, but um, they do, and they've allowed um, over over uh, thirteen hundred yards and uh, ten touchdowns to wide receivers as well. So there's lot lots and lots to go around there. Give me DK Metcalf. He had nine targets last week. Tags is that who you're picking as well? DK Metcalf. I'm going DK here. I don't think he. I don't think any of these guys are sure things. Uh, obviously, Alshon's got the toughest matchup. DD's matchup is not great either. Like Brian Poole has been really good for the Jets. Um, he hasn't been the problem. Uh, but DK's matchup is obviously pristine, and I love it. I, the only thing that concerns me about him is, is like he fumbled in the fourth quarter when that team had a chance to come back, uh, and it was a fumble. Like he was switching the ball from his right arm to his left arm, and it just kind of like just dropped. Be nice, Tags. He's a Wookie, all right. Give him a little bit of time. Well, well, that's the thing is like I don't know if Pete Carroll is going to like punish him for that I don't know and like that's the worry right is that like David Moore comes in or Jerron Brown comes in and like steals those like the work uh, I don't want that to happen I still think it is Metcalf and I'm taking him because again all these guys are risky he has the best matchup and the highest upside like his air yards in terms of like what he has seen he should be a guy with like five touchdowns already basically uh and and the Falcons have allowed 28 passing plays of 20 plus yards that is the third most in the NFL and we know that DK's used on the field so uh yeah the Falcons fire sale has already begun and uh I'll go DK here all right next group of three wide receivers Marquez Valdez Scantling only played 35 percent of the snaps last week uh I would imagine he's going to be healthier this week they get the Kansas City Chiefs tough place to play not the best secondary in the world We'll add Robbie Anderson to the mix going up against that Jacksonville secondary that I already talked about quite a bit. Um, Not especially good this year. And then DJ Moore at San Francisco. So MVS, Robbie Anderson, 
DJ Moore, Lauren, you're first on this one. Can I play Kenny Stills instead? Yeah, let's throw yeah, let's throw Kenny Stills into so you'd rather have him than all three of those guys? I would, I would, simply because he's on fire right now. I can't even believe I'm saying that, Kenny Stills and Fuego. But yeah, he's on fire. He's going up against Oakland, which I love. I don't like DJ Moore's matchup against San Francisco. They they're on fire, speaking of everything burning down. I don't know what to think of what happened to Sam Darnold. I mean, that was not only was it just absolutely painful to watch. I do think Sam Darnold, so yeah, Sam Darnold's going to bounce back. Um, I think Robbie Anderson has a chance to score some points. I don't like it against this matchup, but I don't know if how many of you guys noticed this in the game, but it's like Robbie Anderson was like jogging and going through the motions. Like all I heard in the background was every time I saw him run a route, I was like, oh, okay, I guess he's just going to turn left now. I mean, there was no fire. There was no... Nothing behind it. So I don't know if it was just because of the game or what was going on, but that really made me nervous because I love Robbie Anderson, but they need Chris Herndon back badly. And I I don't know. I'm staying away from that as far as I can. MVS is another weird conundrum where it's like, I don't know. What happened to the Lazard King? (laughs) He actually played the most snaps on the team last week, uh, but Marcus Valdez-Gantling had two receptions for 133 yards and a score. So. Receptions for a hundred. I can't. I know. See that that's it. It's so worrisome, but not worrisome. It's bothersome. It annoys me. I don't like it because I can't predict it. Stupid. He's got more than four receptions just once all season. Well, not just that, but Adams has been out for three weeks now and he's seen nine targets in that time. Like he's not like someone that I want to start. He's outside my top 40 wide receivers this week. DJ Moore is someone that I, I, I'm going to back a little bit here. I, I do think that Kenny Stills is right in that territory where it's like, if you wanted to play Stills over him, I have no issue with it. But like looking at the matchups that San Francisco's had to this point, it's been ugly, man. And so if you in like looking at where they align, like DJ Moore lines up on the left side of the formation 60% of the time. And Akilo Witherspoon was supposed to come back, but he's out. He had like a setback. Emmanuel Mosley is the backup there. And he's been good. But again, the competition, like the quarterbacks they've played this year, the 49ers, if you go through it, it's been friggin' ugly. And it's not to say that Kyle Allen is the answer, but DJ Moore has been racking up the targets over the last few weeks. And I do anticipate like, he he's like the possession receiver on their team. So if that pressure is coming from the 49ers pass rush, which it will, uh, DJ Moore should be the outlet here and where Curtis Samuel is probably the one that suffers the most. But I, so I'll, I'll say that DJ Moore is probably the higher floor option, but Kenny Stills definitely offers more upside. Of those four, I'm glad you brought up Kenny Stills, Lauren. I've, I've got him by far the highest out of all four of these. I've got Kenny Stills as my wide receiver, 29, DJ Moore at 35, Marquez Valdez-Scantling at 38, and Robbie Anderson at 39. I don't love any of these plays this week except for obviously Kenny Stills. Can I ask you guys one one question? If you guys have those players, let's pretend, let's throw Tyrell Williams into the mix against Houston. Wait, hold on. Let me vomit real quick. <laughs> exactly. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I know the turf toe is there. I know that. But Houston, you do you guys know that they're probably going to be without their three starting cornerbacks for this game? I mean, is Tyrell Williams going to play? If he does play, is he going to be limited? That's the question. That's why I'm saying is like, I need to know this because I have an opportunity to pick him up in free agency. So you guys tell me, <laughs> should I go snag him? <laughs> I would pick him up because like, think about it. Like turf toe is something like he's a touchdown in every game, by the way. I know. Right. And then he's like, ouchie, my toe. If them boys learned how to wear some high heels, they could play through any kind of foot injury. Just yeah. trust me. Tyrell Williams is someone I would consider, though. Houston's been so bad, and that's with their starters. And if they're down to backups, like that that game has shootout potential in it just because Houston's going to put up points. You know that. It's interesting. I definitely wouldn't play him above Kenny Stills. Probably not above DJ Moore. But, I mean, if, if Tyrell Williams is active, yeah, I'll, I'll have him in my top 40, no doubt about it. Um, next group of three wide receivers, we're going to go to Mike Williams. Now, the Bears haven't been good on the ground. They've been pretty good through the air. Um, Mike Williams, though, has been getting an absolute ton of air yards. Uh, Curtis Samuel, we already mentioned them, so let's skip past him. So Mike Williams, 
Corey Davis with Ryan Tannehill at home against Tampa. And then let's go Jarvis Landry at the New England Patriots. I've got Landry outside my top 50 this week, Tex. What? Why? Because it's the Patriots. Yeah, I don't think the Patriots are concerned about Jarvis Landry, and it kind of shows he's played them seven times. They're not concerned about anything because nobody can score any points on them. Well, I know, but they're going to be concerned about Odell Beckham because, like, everybody should be. But So the Patriots have been known to take away the number one option for teams, right? Jarvis Landry's played them seven times since 2014, and they do not care about Jarvis Landry. (laughs) No, I I could do not. He has totaled at least six catches in every game, and he's totaled at least 70 yards in six of the seven games. Like, he is a non-factor to them. So, I mean, I don't, I think Landry's actually a sneaky wide receiver three play, but. I mean, I I get, I get that, but they haven't had a defense anything like they have this year. Well, they do, but they've played crap, like tons of crap. Like, if you look at the Patriots schedule, like, honestly, if you're able to sell the Patriots defense, for like a wide receiver two, which I'm literally people are telling me in my mentions that they're getting offers like this. And I'm like, sell because they're going to come back down to earth. It just that's the way defenses work, guys. But Corey Davis is the easy answer here against Tampa Bay. They can't run the ball on them. Derrick Henry's going to have no success against a team that's allowing 2.7 yards per carry. Like it's it's ridiculous what Tampa Bay is doing against the run. Uh, Corey Davis and Ryan Tannehill had a connection uh, last week, and uh, I have Corey Davis as a top 30 play. Corey Davis is so good at football. I'm so glad he's being let loose. Lauren, is Corey Davis your favorite play this week out of the three that I mentioned? Corey Davis, Mike Williams, Jarvis Landry? I just had to go throw up again. Corey Davis? Oh, my God. Why? No. I I am so against Corey Davis. I always have been, always will be. Nothing personal. Like, I usually have personal reasons why I don't like players. But every time I get excited about Corey Davis, Davis, yeah, see, that's what he is. He's Davis the doofus. I can't. I cannot get behind Corey Davis to save. He's not with Marcus Mariota anymore. He's been tied to him. I don't care. Russell Wilson could be throwing him the football. It's not going <gasps> to matter, in my opinion. Oh, I don't wrong. like Corey Davis. Okay, Bobby, you, you can go at it. Tags and I like Corey Davis so much. You're talking to the wrong guys about this. <laughs> I am not on this podcast to be friends, y'all. I'm kidding. But I, I don't like Corey Davis. If anything, I think this could be an A.J. Brown game, to be honest. I like A.J. Brown over Corey Davis. Um, I like them both quite a bit. Right, but if you're just looking that at this um, in a vacuum of not looking at how terrible Corey Davis is, then yeah, his matchup is the best out of all of these. Um, I do agree with Tags, though, about how um, I think Landry could be very, very sneaky here. I, I, I For some reason, I, I really like that matchup. I know it sounds so stupid, you know, considering who they're going up against, but I'm sorry, I just can't get my mind off of the vomitousness of Corey Davis. <laughs> so when he explodes and scores four touchdowns this week, which he is guaranteed to do because I hate him, sell him. It'll be great. Patriots are putting a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield's had a lot of pressure on him. And what's he do when he has pressure on him? He dumps it off to Jarvis Landry really quick. No, he screams and takes a sack like a little baby. (laughs) He's like, oh my God, I'm scared. Crunch. That's what happens. So Corey Davis, I've got inside my top 25. A.J. Brown, I have inside my top 35. If you can't tell, I like Ryan Tannehill this week. We'll get to that in a moment. But A.J. Brown, (laughs) really what's been holding him back is Marcus Mariota and snaps. And the snaps are there now. He got eight targets last week. And when he's been on the field this season... He looks really good. I think it's happening for him this week. Is there anybody else outside of the top, you know, 40 wide receivers tags that you're fond of this week? Guys in that range that I would consider, uh, Devontae Parker uh, in the, I'd consider, like, I know Pittsburgh's a tough defense. They really are. uh, But he, in the games with Ryan Fitzpatrick as a starter, and that's who's starting on Monday night, uh, he has seen seven, seven, and 10 targets in those games. Like, and then Preston Williams is the opposite where he gets targeted more in the Josh Rosen games. Uh, so Devonte Parker, you're looking for garbage time production. It's like, 
there. And then one other name I will mention is like a Hail Mary that's available on like legitimately 98% of waiver wires. Trevor Davis. If Tyrell Williams doesn't play, I'm going to move Trevor Davis all the way up into my top probably 35 wide receiver plays this week. Holy cow. Yeah, I, I like him quite a bit. Like he's playing a lot of snaps. And again, uh, that game against Houston, they're going to have a t- they're going to have a tough time running the ball first off. And then on top of that, Houston's going to put points in the board. So uh, Davis is is a, is a sneaky play like it. Again, he's available in many leagues if you're really struggling. Uh, Cole Beasley is another one I'll throw out there too. Yes, great one. Yep, Cole Beasley at home against the Philadelphia Eagles is a good one. I picked up Trevor Davis, by the way, last week in our Dynasty League tags to uh, to beat your buddy, Lauren, Kyle Yates. Oh, man. Yeah, and Trevor Davis got me like two points. So he didn't really help that much. Um, you know, we, we love Kenny Stills this week, but I think Kiki QT's in play as well. He's ECR 52. I've got him in my top 40 this week against Oakland Tags. I don't have my top 40. There's just so many avenues and it all comes back to Deshaun Watson. Like there's just so many avenues for him to succeed against Oakland. Like Oakland's terrible. Like LaMarcus Joyner transitioning to the slot has been awful. And that's why they've allowed tons of production. But they also Oakland just traded away Gary and Conley, like their former first round pick, the best cornerback on their team. So it's like now they're going to be starting Trayvon Mullen on the perimeter, a rookie who has like no experience against Kenny Stills and DeAndre Hopkins. Like I mean, I mean, they're, they're giving up this year, the Raiders. And uh, so it's just kind of I could see QT having a massive game. I absolutely can. It's just a matter of like, where does Deshaun Watson want to throw the ball? I'm going to list a few more wide receivers really quick. Uh, Auden Tate at, at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson coming off the bye at home against the Miami Dolphins. Um, if Sterling Shepard is out again, Darius Slayton against Detroit is an interesting one to me. And then BC Johnson, we talked about him a little bit. With Adam Thielen being out, BC Johnson is likely going to be in the field quite a bit versus Washington. Really nobody else that I see that is startable, in my opinion. All right, we're going to go on over to quarterback here in just a minute. But first, support for Fantasy Pros comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Folks, Halloween is right around the corner, and you don't want to spook someone with your scary bush. You might be Chewbacca, Bigfoot, or a hairy bear, but it's what's under the costume that really matters. I told you about my friend that when we were going down to spring break in college, he cut himself shaving, and it was not pretty. And we were late, so we were all really mad at him, but the poor guy, and everybody has an experience like this. Don't be that hairy guy. Don't be the guy cutting yourself. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 2.0. Inside the Perfect Package, you're going to find the electric trimmer called the Lawnmower 2.0. This waterproof and skin-safe technology is going to protect you from nicking your pumpkins. You can also create less mess by trimming in the shower. And of course, let's not forget about the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? The Perfect Package 2.0 also includes anti-chafing performance boxer briefs that keep your package cool and smelling fresh all day. For on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. It's time to get clean and mean with the Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANTASYPROS at manscaped.com. Stay sexy this Halloween, just like tags. Your balls will thank you. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANTASYPROS, all one word, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANTASYPROS. All right, guys, let's move on over to the quarterback position. Tags, you mentioned Ryan Ryan Tannehill in the waiver wire show. How just how high do you have him, and who would you start him over this week face Tampa Bay? I have him as the QB ten, and I would start him over Jameis Winston. 
I would start him over Philip Rivers. I would start him over Daniel Jones. Like, so those are the guys, like the guys that I would start over him. Like Cousins is one I would probably debate. Like uh, game script can get out of control in that one. But at the same time, it's like, it's a safe performance where I'm not going to sit here and say Tannehill is like the safest thing ever, but against Tampa, he should do well. The cousins, Rogers, Brady, Murray, Allen, like the, the, the normal ones. But yeah, I like Tannehill. Lauren, do you have somebody in your top 10 that might not be in everybody else's top 10 that you would feel really confident in this week? Um, See, I really like Kirk Cousins. Um, That is he, but I think he might be in most people's top 10 this week too. Um, I'm trying to think if another one too. Revenge game. He's ECR number nine, but he's definitely, most people listening to the show would not consider Kirk Cousins a lock. I agree with you. I think he's a lock. Yeah. You know, another one too, I think might be sneaky and like, don't like go crazy with me here, but I, I like Jake Brisket. This, I know it's a terrible matchup against Denver, but I did. That's Jacoby Brissett for anyone who's not flippant like I am. I don't know. He has, he has ways of making things happen that otherwise wouldn't happen. And I really, really like the wide receivers in this game. I really like the running backs in this game. And I think Jake Beef Brisket could uh, could surprise. I like him too. If you guys are desperate, he had some bad matchups so far this season, and he just keeps getting it done. Multiple touchdowns in in all but one game. That was the one against Kansas City, surprisingly, when uh, when Patrick Mahomes got banged up. But I mean, Brissett gets it done. He rushes the ball five times, pretty much every week. He's ECR top twelve. I don't have him there, but I can definitely see the argument. Tags, where do you have Gardner Minshew? He's top twelve in ECR this week against the Jets. I love Gardner Minshew so much. Oh my god. <laughs> I totally have mustaches and Ray-Bans and bandanas. I'm not lying. Not lying. I'm not big on Minshew or Brissett this week, uh, to be honest with you. Like, so the, the Broncos have, uh, they've only allowed six passing touchdowns through seven games. They've, they haven't had like, they've played against Rivers. They've played against Rodgers. They played against Minshew and some Patrick Mahomes. So it's like, they haven't had like a cakewalk of a schedule. So it's possible that Vic Fangio is still a very good defensive mind. Uh, as for Minshew, I, I just, at some point, like the touchdowns that he's been getting are going to go to Leonard Fournette because Fournette having one touchdown is like a travesty. And like looking at the Jets, they've only allowed a 2.6% touchdown ratio. Uh, like it's one of the lower percentages in the league under Greg Williams. Their secondary hasn't really been the issue. It's been their offense and can, like just volumes piling up over and over against that team. Uh, I don't think it's a pass defense that you necessarily have to attack. And Minshew, over the last two weeks, I mean, he's completed 47% of his passes for 6.8 yards per attempt. So, and, and one of that was against Cincinnati, guys. Without their starting cornerbacks. So it's like, I have to worry about him a little bit. He's not dealing with this injury well. He's just not playing the same football that he was earlier in the season. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting, though, because I get it. Gardner Minshew is going to lose some of those touchdowns. But he has the second most scramble yards in the NFL to date. Yeah. I mean, th- that's 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 part of the reason that he's still on the QB2 radar for me. It's just a matter of, uh, I just, I don't have faith in him right now. And I think, again, there's there's some of those touchdowns are just going to start flooding into Leonard Fournette. So we talked about Kirk Cousins. We talked about Brissett, Gardner Minshew, Ryan Tannehill. Tags, you mentioned Jameis Winston. I love Matthew Stafford and Josh Allen. Even Jared Goff uh, face Cincinnati. I've got all those in my top eight quarterbacks this week. Now, outside of those top 10, is there somebody that if you're a little bit desperate, Lauren, and you need to pick someone up, um, say maybe Teddy Bridgewater at home against Arizona, or a lot of people are going to be asking about uh, Mason Rudolph because he's going up against the Dolphins. Matt Moore because he has all these weapons in Kansas City's offense. Do you like any of these names or anyone else outside the top 10? I mean, it's 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 all going to be situational. Um, I like these guys particularly in two QB leagues um, a lot. I think my favorite one out of all of those, if you're in a one QB league, is going to be Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I like him. I think he's I think he's more reliable than the other guys. Uh, so he would be my pickup for that. But I think you can plug most of those guys in if you have a two QB league and you're you're needing to 
fill in some points that, you know, maybe shoot for some upside there. But if we're talking one QB, I like Teddy Bridgewater. Tags, Teddy Bridgewater looked so lost in week two when he took over for Drew Brees. And since then, he's got better every single week. I I think this guy is a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. And at first I was like, oh man, they've got to replace him. Like they need to go get somebody else. Just sign somebody, anybody. So it's not Teddy Bridgewater. And now all of a sudden he's pretty good. Well, I want to be honest that like there's a lot of things going in his favor, right? He has Sean Payton calling his plays. He has Michael Thomas, one of the best wide receivers. He has one of the best offensive lines in football. So if you were to put him behind the, the Dolphin on the Dolphins team, he's going to look terrible. So it just it really depends on situation. I don't think he's a game changer or anything like that. Sure. But is he, is he good enough to start against Arizona? I've got him in my top 12 this week. Arizona is a different team, guys, with Patrick Peterson. I said that last week. People like I can't tell you how many tweets I had asking people asking me, like, why do you have Daniel Jones down at QB 18? He's playing Arizona. I'm like like the difference between a Patrick Peterson team and and one that's not a Patrick Peterson team are two different squads and knowing that Patrick Peterson is going to be glued to Michael Thomas's hip things are going to be tougher for Bridgewater this week he's gonna have to find other alternatives to throw to and if he's without Jared Cook that's a problem so it's like I'm, I'm just kind of like evaluating that way so I'm not a big fan of Bridgewater yeah that's a good point Taz I, I forgot about Jared Cook being out too yeah I mean he, I mean he might it was an ankle injury but they have their bye next week so he might not be playing I, I doubt it but uh, going back, if you guys have Matthew Stafford on your roster, if he's available, I have him as a top three play right now. I Really? I, I don't even know. I, I mean, I might move him down a little bit after like calming down, but, <laughs> look, but looking at the matchup, it's just too gravy not to. Like, am I really going to trust Jared Goff? I mean, I have Goff as a top five play, but I can't trust him more than Stafford. Uh, am I really going to trust Josh Allen? I mean that game figures to be low scoring. I don't think the Eagles are going to put up a lot of points in the bills in Buffalo. Uh, Kyler Murray has struggled as a passer. New Orleans defense has been better, but now they're banged up at cornerback. There's a lot of question marks there where it's like, I could see say like saying one of those guys over him, but Stafford to me is like, he's like a lock top six play this week. God, you're so right. I love that. I absolutely love that because I have Stafford too. So <laughs> <laughs> Stafford, Stafford is a very good call. Makes me feel good about my team. Thank you. All right, we've got two more positions to talk about, but first I want to tell you, tomorrow on the DFS show, Tag and I are going to start this off by doing a draft. We're having another competition with our listeners. You can check out the details for that, and man, we've got some horrible restrictions. You guys are going to laugh so hard when you hear what we have to do with our lineup and for the draft that we're doing. So tune into the DFS show. Even if you don't, you're not playing DFS, do it so that you can be part of the competition. We're going to talk about it first thing tomorrow. Guys, let's go to the uh, tight end position, and we've got seven of the big eight tight ends going this week. So all those are locked in, Waller, Henry, Ertz, Ingram, Hooper, Kittle, Kelsey, okay? Outside of the top seven, we've got a couple names here. Gerald Everett's been playing a lot better. He gets Cincinnati. They've actually been pretty good against tight ends. The Giants have been good against tight ends. TJ Hawkinson is again in the top 10 ECR. Like he is pretty much, he's in the top 12 every week and every week I fade him and every week he absolutely sucks. Uh, And then Jimmy Graham at Kansas City. So Everett, Hawkinson, Graham round out the top 10. Lauren, how do you feel about those three this week? Is there one that uh, you feel more confident in than the others? I'm sorry, I just threw up again. It's awful. I mean, what is happening? Like the slow burn of the tight end dumpster fire is just... Yeah, you have to draft a tight end in the top three rounds next year. Like you have to. I know. It's just absolutely terrible. Um, oh, I got, I don't know. So is it, are you talking about Gerald Everett, T.J. Droppinson, and uh, Jimmy Graham? Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Um, okay, so for me, I'm going to go... I love Everett. I absolutely love Everett. There's a lot of mouths to feed. For me here, I think I'm going to go a little bit spicy. I might go Jimmy Graham simply because of the offensive weapons for Aaron Rodgers. 
But can, can I? Can we just punt the position? This is stupid. <laughs> I don't like it. It is very stupid. So the the Packers are going to be in the red zone quite a bit. I mean, Kansas City's a tough place to play, but we know Jimmy Graham can get in the end zone. He doesn't really even have to do much. 20 yards and a touchdown. That'd be enough to put him in the top 12 tight ends, right? So uh, Tags, Everett has been getting a lot more targets. He's actually become the number two behind Cooper Cup over the last four weeks. Is he someone we can trust every week going forward? I, I think you kind of have to with, with how much he's being used and like the, the ugliness of the tight end position. But the Bengals, don't be scared of the Bengals, man. Uh, so I know that they, in terms of like what they've allowed, I think they're like the fifth best team against uh, tight ends this year and I know that that will scare people off but it, it really shouldn't because if you look at it uh, the volume they've faced is is minimal they've only faced 4.9 targets per game to the position which is like one of the lowest in the league on a per target basis like in terms of what they allow per target they've allowed the fourth most yards per target uh, when they are targeted so if, if Gerald Everett's getting those targets it's not a bad matchup at all uh, and again Jared Goff needs to stick to Cooper Cup and Gerald Everett because that's where he's having most of his success it's a safe throw it's short going down to Graham it's the exact opposite so the reason that the Chiefs have allowed so much production to tight ends is because they have seen more targets to tight end position than any other team in the NFL. On a per-target basis, they are actually towards the bottom of the league. So knowing that Jimmy Graham, what has he seen? Four targets per game since Devontae Adams has been out? So it's not like he's getting elite volume or anything. So I'm not saying he's a terrible option because he's tied to Aaron Rodgers, who just is coming off a five-touchdown game. But the matchup isn't as great as some people think. Yeah, I think a sneaky tight end play this week, though, Jacob Hollister of the Seahawks. So That's a great store. I love shopping there. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have never bought a shirt from there. But I will say that Hollister came from the Patriots. He's a guy that was like a big time preseason performer that everybody loved him uh, with the Patriots. The Seahawks signed him and he got six targets last week out of nowhere. Exactly. We didn't know. And we didn't know if Luke Wilson was going to walk into that role, but we got our answer. It was Jacob Hollister and he got six targets now going against Atlanta uh, in a game that, you know, that's projected to be higher scoring. So he's just like someone that, again, is available on every single waiver wire that you might be able to snag if if you can't get one of these tight ends we're talking about. There's a lot of tight ends I like this week. I mean, we mentioned Jimmy Graham, TJ Hawkinson in the top 10 ECR. I've got them outside the top 15 because I like Vance McDonald at home against Miami. I love Vance McDonald. Yeah, I, I like Josh Hill because he's filling in, um, you know, for the Saints in, in the matchup that they have. I love Jonu Smith if Delaney Walker's out going up against Tampa Bay. Um, is OJ Howard in your top 12, guys? 13. <laughs> 13? Yeah, he's ECR 18. That's That's way too low going up against Tennessee. But it's O.J. Howard. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not great. I mean, they didn't trade him. Cameron Braid's more of a thing than he is this year, I, f- I feel like. I don't know. Meh. Yeah, the Patriots tried trading for O.J. Howard. Like, that came out. It's a real thing. And then they asked O.J. Howard about it, and he said, I'm not surprised. He's like, they know I'm a good player. And, and the Bucs just aren't using me the right way. I mean, if you look at his efficiency... He's getting a ton of yards per target. Again, they just won't throw in the ball. Well, that's the thing is I, I said it. I said in the primer, it'll be out tomorrow morning. Actually, when this podcast comes out, it'll probably be out. So I said in there, give it this week. If you've been holding on to OJ Howard and you're you're, fr- you're frustrated, you're fed up, give it this week because it, it, when a team goes on their bye week, it's their chance to make drastic changes to the offense because you, it's it's such a it's such a quick pace that they play these games. It's it's often difficult to change things, but during a bye when they have two weeks in between those games, we could see OJ Howard a lot more involved, and we might actually see one of the running backs emerge as one of the favorites. Oh, no, that's okay. I'm sorry to interrupt there, too. It's just James Winston seems to just have himself like bestie tea parties with Cameron Brait. They love each other. Yes. That's like the dynamic duo. So I think, uh, unfortunately, Howard is incredibly talented, but I I worry because of that relationship that Winston has with Brait that it's more, especially to make sure that Winston has the consistency that he needs to build his confidence instead of throwing 5,000 interceptions a game. 
I don't know. I worry for O.J. Howard, not because of O.J. Howard, but because of the offense that he's on. So if he gets traded, it's great for him because he's going to be more involved in the offense, I feel like. Two other of the deeper tight ends that I'm fond of, Irv Smith Jr. was playing in the slot once Adam Thielen went out. And Tags, you talked about that a little bit. Um, You know, they they may go to Laquan Treadwell outside so B.C. Johnson can play in the slot. I think there's some upside with Irv Smith because he's a really talented wide receiver Freudian slip because he's, I think, better suited for a wide receiver like Marquise Colston when he came out of Hofstra. Going up against Washington this week, I've got Irv Smith in my top 15. And then Mike Isicki looked so good last week, and I can't believe that I'm saying this, but it got to the point where the defenses were holding him on every play because linebackers can't keep up with him. Ryan Fitzpatrick was just lobbing it up to him, and Mike Isicki just kept hauling it in stupid athletic going up against Pittsburgh who's been in a really struggling with tight end so I like Mike Isicki right now and I'm keeping an eye on him moving forward on waiver wire speed dial let's go to DST to round out the show obviously you're starting Pittsburgh against Miami New England against anybody they get the Browns this week Minnesota against Washington San Francisco against Carolina outside of those top four is there a defense you feel confident in tags Uh, did you say the Rams I did not say the Rams, but they're number five. I almost mentioned them. I was going to say that you should have said the Rams. <laughs> okay, so skip the Rams. Let's put them in the <laughs> obvious ones. The Jags are are our play. I don't know why people are crapping on the Jaguars defense. Like, without, I mean, I, they're not the same defense without Jalen Ramsey, but they still bring the pressure and Sam Darnold is seeing ghosts. Josh Allen is a lot scarier than a ghost too. Not Josh Allen from the Bills. <laughs> Josh Allen from the Jags is a stud. Let me tell you who I don't like, if that's like helpful. I don't like Green Bay's defense. Other than that, I think that there can be an argument made for a majority of these guys on this list. I think New Orleans is going to be pretty sneaky up against uh, Kyler Murray. I just keep going back to this New Orleans game because I'm going to the game. (laughs) So I just, I want to have that, like, I want explosive offense. I want interceptions. I want fireworks and preferably to win the lottery while I'm there. But, you know, that's besides the point. (laughs) I expect a report about how good Patrick Peterson is in person. I know. Oh, my God. He's one of my favorite defensive players ever in the league. So I'm so glad that he's back. I just really wish Kamara and Drew Brees were in there. But that is besides the point. Um, I love New Orleans defense. Uh, Honestly, the only one I don't like that much is Green Bay. But, again, at the same time, I kind of do. I kind of do now because it's Matt Moore. So I don't really know. But their run defense is so terrible. That's the only one that I'd kind of be like, meh. Other than that, like, this is one of those weeks where you guys can probably pick up somebody to stream a defense and it's not going to be, like, so barfy that you have to, like, run and use the bathroom. It's going to be one of those things where you have potential for some sacks, for interceptions, turnovers. I like it. Sure, there's there's eight to ten streamers that I'm fond of this week. Uh, Green Bay's one of them just because Matt Moore makes some really questionable decisions every single game. And we'll see if Andy Reid can get him to slow down a little bit and be a game manager as much as Matt Moore can possibly be. But you're right, the Green Bay Packers defense has not been playing as well lately. 34 points against the Eagles, 24 against Dallas, 22 against Detroit, 24 against Oakland last week. They're not getting the sacks. They're not getting the the turnovers either. So I've got Green Bay outside of my top 12, but I wouldn't mind playing them. Um, The one that I really like this week is Tennessee going up against Jameis Winston. I mean, Tennessee's defense, I don't understand how they keep being so underrated. They're startable almost every week, especially against Tampa Bay. I love it. And Tags, we talked about Indianapolis and Detroit on the Waiver Wire show. So guys, that's all we have for today's show. Lauren, really appreciate you coming on. It was a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, thank you guys again so much for having me. Like I said, I geeked out when you asked me to come be on the podcast. (laughs) So anytime you want to be on and you want someone who's wildly obnoxious and talks too much, I'm your girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we really appreciate it, Lauren. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, and I want to say thanks to the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code fantasypros at manscaped.com.
Thanks also to Grammarly, first of all, for helping me get this job. And second of all, for sponsoring the podcast, go to Grammarly.com slash Fantasy Pros to get 20% off your Grammarly premium account today. That's Grammarly.com slash Fantasy Pros for 20% off your Grammarly premium account. And also Pristine Auction. First of all, thanks Pristine Auction for putting on that Julian Edelman signed helmet giveaway that we've got going on at fantasypros.com slash contest. You guys are going to want to check out Pristine Auction because there are all kinds of great values there. It's pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, auction.com. And by the way, don't forget about all the new features on our Start Sit Assistant. Go to fantasypros.com slash myplaybook to check them out. And if you're not already an MVP or Hall of Fame premium user, you can become one for $10 at fantasypros.com slash offers. For Lauren Carpenter and Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.